irreverent, entertaining, cool. You're listening to LA Talk Radio. Max and friends, he says what he wants, ain't holding nothing back. Got the LA Talk Radio. This is Max and Friends. I'm your host, Max Tucci. Welcome back to another Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday night, morning day of Max and Friends. Why do I say that? Because now you can say, hey, Google, play Max and Friends podcast, and it will. Or hey, Alexa, play Max and Friends podcast, and it will. I'm so excited about that, that it's like those are going to be the new (laughs) intros to Max and Friends because it's not only on Sunday night anymore. But if you've been tuning in Sunday night for the last 12 years, I I bow to you. I am so grateful to you because, as you know, because of my listeners and because of my guests, we've won two communicator awards. So one for best host and one for outstanding lifestyle episode. So I bring conscious shows to you and I bring shows where I feel when I meet someone, I want to share them with you because I know that they've inspired me. So if they have inspired me, they will inspire you. Tonight, we have a great show. I want to know how you're doing. Tweet me at Max Tucci, Instagram me at Max Tucci, and at at Max Tucci Radio. And keep uh, the dialogue going with me because I really want your opinion on how I should be handling my social media, what works best for you, and what do you like better, whether it's at Max Tucci or at Max Tucci Radio. So, You make a difference in my life, my people. Tonight, we have a wonderful show. Rebecca Brooks will be joining us from the Brooks Group Public Relations. And then later on the show, we have the one and only Taja Seville. Y'all remember, love is contagious when it's all right. Taja's going to be here, and we're going to talk to her about urban farming, about what's going on, and a book that she recently did. But before that, you know, Rebecca Brooks sent me an email confirming that she was going to be on the show. And there's a quote at the end of it. And I was like, that is like the opening of the show. Working hard for something we don't care about is called stress. Working hard for something we love is called passion by Simon Sinek. And I so believe that. Max and Friends is a show of passion because I work hard and I play hard to do it. And as you learn from having Herman Sue on the last two episodes of Max and Friends, I always say, do, do your work. And he said, do your play. Because when we're playing with what we love and we're playing with the passion of what we love, it that stress <laughs> is lifted. So how is your week going? That's really what I want to know. And I want you to know that a couple of things. Um, I'm in Colorado and I will be taking off for about three weeks. I think I'm going on hiatus. So we're going to be playing the best of shows here on Max and Friends. But I will still be active to a point on social media. And my point in bringing this up is take some time for yourself. Really take some time for yourself. And love yourself, hug yourself, spend time with yourself in a way that you haven't during this whole last six months. Give yourself a new perspective of how you're going to look at yourself, honor yourself, and celebrate yourself. Herman, the last two shows, if you missed them, go to latalkradio.com backslash max. You will learn so much about the hero in you and every drop counts. So really celebrate yourself, love yourself, 
And sometimes when we celebrate ourselves and love ourselves, we put ourselves in a position where we need someone to then help us go to the next level. And public relations is a wonderful way to bring that all in because some of us don't really have the ability to have relations with the public. <laughs> and that's when we need experts. Wouldn't you agree? Well, my guest tonight, like I said, is Rebecca Brooks. She'll be here in just a moment. And Rebecca Brooks, let me tell you about Rebecca Brooks. She's the president of Rebecca Brooks. Found, she's the president of the Brooks Group, which she founded in 1995 at the age of 25 and gained recognition early on in her career with her ability to identify industry trailblazers and nurture raw talent. She has built an agency with passion and a personal touch that has become that has become, I've lost the word. You all know how I can't read scripts. <laughs> I can, but I can't. So, um, okay, you know what? Let's just bring her on the show. I lost that whole page. And you know what? I'm not going to flutter because Rebecca Brooks is here. <laughs> Welcome to Max and Friends. <laughs> well, hello. <laughs> it's so great to be here. And thank you for noticing my quote about passion. Because passion if you aren't leading us. with passion, or right, or if you aren't passionate about what you do, and really, what is the point? Exactly. And you're passionate not only about <laughs> yourself, but your huge roster of so many clients. <laughs> but before we get into that, because Rachel Ray's on your board, we just have to send Rachel Ray so much love. Because if you all have heard what's going on with the house and the fire there, just, you know, this is just send Rachel Ray and her family some love and light and well wishes, because that helps people lift their spirit, raise their frequency, and raise the vibration. Rebecca, the last time I saw you, I can't believe, was in November at Delmonico's for the Whoopi Goldberg book launch. And now here we are, like, almost in 2021. Have you been? And how are you? <laughs> I'm living a dream, doing my best every single day. Um, but I'm, I'm doing well. We are um, working remotely, as is, mo mm -hmm. you know, most people. And I'm out here in New Jersey, a few miles outside of New York City. And I'm here with my family, with our dog, and um, I'm doing all right. Thank you. Yeah. And you all are and helping just you in Colorado, where you are. Uh, let me tell you, it was like ships <laughs> in the night. <laughs> Next time so I was sorry, looking I at your you. pictures, that's okay. Where we are right now is exactly where we're supposed to be. And the next time we'll be celebrating where we don't have to social distance and we can actually like cook together in the kitchen and like be passionate about the food that we're going to create. You're a foodie too, aren't you? That. Yes, I absolutely. I mean, I love everything about food. <laughs> I mean, most right. people do, but I really, I, I love, I love cooking. I love the science behind food. I love, I think it just, it brings people together around the table and um, like the lifestyle of food has never been mm -hmm. bigger. No, yeah. And it, it really, food is like one of those joy rising moments. We could be having an awful day and then all of a sudden it's like food, joy rising, <laughs> joy rising moment. But let's go back and let's start to the genesis of how you created and founded the Brooks Group in 1995, President Rebecca Brooks. <laughs> um, <laughs> Well, I'll give you a little overview of, of the company, and then I can just tell you how, how I started it. Because I know you started saying, and we're a lifestyle agency, and we're known for working with personalities, brands, and organizations of purpose to help them identify their points of difference, build their profiles in the media, and ultimately to build their brands. So a few mm -hmm. examples of clients include Guy Fieri, Andrew Zimmern, Jacques Therese, and in fact, 
we have worked with each of them for more than eight years. Mm -hmm. Um, We work with Chrissy Teigen on her cravings brand. And so it's an incredible range of uh, personalities and, and their products. And I, but it's like not only food, though, so, is it? No, it's not. It's so it's uh, it's food, it's hospitality, it's travel, it's business. We 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 do a little bit of um, home. So, like you mentioned, when I I started the company when I was twenty five, and I think what so what drives me is that we always work with entrepreneurs who mm-hmm. are trailblazers in various categories, from like all the ones we talked about. Mm. They're they're really in, they're inspiring. So um, they they keep. Me what is your what is your definition of a trailblazer? Hmm. You know that's a great question because that's something that I think just unites our clients all these years. So a trailblazer is someone who is doing something that hasn't been done before, mm. or flipping a switch on something. So um, a few examples, like you. It's funny you mentioned Rachel. She was our, I mean, this, we haven't worked with her for quite some time, but going back many years ago, she was our first food client. And when we started working with her, um, the lifestyle of food didn't exist. People barely mm-hmm. knew about Food Network. So she's someone that is a trailblazer. She completely changed the category of food. Another great example would be Gary Vaynerchuk. Mm-hmm. Okay, so people know him as Gary V, what he's done for, with social media and what he's done with his uh, social media agency. Um, he is absolutely a trailblazer. Mm, I love it. And, you know, I love going back mm-hmm. to history because, as you know, we we mm-hmm. both have the the passion for food and and Delmonico's being part of my my family l- legacy is my grandfather. Mm-hmm. I just w- I wish that you could have been my grandfather's publicist <laughs> in like 1926 <laughs> when he's like, you know what? I know there's prohibition, but I'm still going to take this building. I'm still going to take this brand and I'm going to make it even more internationally alone. And he did it without a publicist. So. What are the common mistakes Amazing. people make when hiring a PR firm? Mm. So I would say, I would say there are probably three. Well, probably more, but let's let's start, let's start with three. So mm-hmm. whether whether you're a personality or a brand, a product, a brand, a big mistake people make is not spending time working on their values, purpose, or vision. But it's, like it's mm-hmm. a whole foundation for your company. Absolutely. So a lot of, yeah, they don't think about it. And that, that just without being able to communicate that, it's really hard to successfully build a, a PR campaign. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, I mean, so it's interesting. I mean, I, yeah. I work with people on a consulting basis as well. And our first step, like I always ask them that question if they have those um, things together and they, they don't. So we always start with that. It's interesting because, you know, my follow up question was, what's why is it important to establish and what is important to establish in your business before hiring a PR firm? And when I look back to my grandfather, you know, 19, let's go 1926, prohibition, depression, recession, kind of like what's happening now. Um, (laughs) You know, he really decided, okay, I'm going to take this brand. I'm going to create it. I'm going to start building it. But he really created clientele base first, where he was illegally bringing people in as a speakeasy, but knew that if he kept them motivated to keep coming back, that when he actually was able to open, that he had the clientele 
first and foremost, you know, and then it was working on the food and the menu and then really establishing um, the Phoenix rising from the ashes of what Delmonico's has become today. So I see that mistake that a lot of people do. They right away, like you watch it on Shark Tank. I've got this and I do that, but yet they don't really have things established. So why is it important to hire a PR firm to help you establish or do they come to you when they've already established? Yeah. Well, I have to say, I, I would venture to say that most PR firms don't even talk about this. So it's something that I, I realized after all these years that if you don't have those tenants and really understand your brand, it's really hard to build from there, right? So let's say you have, um, you, know, you come up with what your values are, making this up. So let's say one is passion and mm -hmm. uh, another one is tenacity. Another one is positivity, which happens to be some from, my, from our own values. But every value you have, you hire your team based on those values. Like do, mm. do they share this? Do we share the same values? And if we don't, then we're not a good match. And it's the same thing with our clients. We look at, do they share the same values? Because I ultimately if we don't. Yeah. Then it's not going to be a long-term relationship. Because we're no, just, and we it's don't true. believe in the same thing. You know, and that's beautiful to say, not only for a PR firm, but just for having a husband, a spouse, a wife, or a lover. <laughs> Do you share right. the same values? <laughs> you know, a friend these, of mine. You need to know these things. <laughs> it's true. A friend of mine is Ash Beckham, and she wrote a beautiful book called Step Up, How to Live with Courage and Become an Everyday Leader. And she talks about basically, you know, empathy, responsibility, courage, grace, individuality, humility, patience, and authenticity. So it's like, that's her her values and that becomes her brand. So would you say that your values become your brand? Uh, they're just part of, they are absolutely part of your brand, right? So mm. if you want to launch a book, okay, what the book that you're writing, is it based on these values? Does it express who I am, including these values or my vision? So it's mm. something you really can connect to in just about everything you do. So let's say a client walks into your office and is like, here's my book. What is what is your observation of them as a client, as an individual and their product? How do you how do you put the three together to then create this beautiful public relation explosion of here's my new client and celebrate them and love them as much as I do? Well, I just I'll if I know a meeting with someone, I'll do a lot of research about them. And then mm -hmm. I'll put together questions based on the research. Mm. And those questions will inform whether, you know, the answers to the questions, you know, once I draw people out, then I'll have a better idea of, can we be successful? Are they the right fit? Do I see this client as, you know, a long-term client? I mean, there's, there's never a guarantee, but um, right. that is important because we put so much into each client that ideally... You know, it is a long-term partnership. It is. Well, you know, you've been in this business 25 years now. So can you share a few lessons you've learned over the 25 years of being the president? I love saying the president of, of the Brooks Group. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, definitely, you know, it took me a long time to, to learn that lesson that um, of the importance of working with like-minded clients and employees with the same or similar value. So that, I mean, that took a long time to realize. I do wish that's something someone taught me many, many years ago. Um, I, so that's one, the importance of pushing yourself outside your comfort zone and keeping an open mind. 
let's mm. say about a client who might not be in your wheelhouse or an employee, a potential employee that you're interviewing. And I think a, a really great example of how important it is, is many years ago, like when I started the company, our focus was beauty and fitness. Mm-hmm. And a friend asked me, said, I want to introduce you to a client who I think is going to be big. And she's on the Food Network. I was like, what network? I was like, no, we're not about food. It's not our thing. So I said no. And he's like, all right, keep an open. He reminded me, you know, keep an open mind. And Mm. so I said, of course, yes. And that meeting turned out to be pivotal in my career. And that that was the meeting when I met Rachel. So if I said no, and I didn't keep an open mind, I mean, right, who knows? We're all doing what we're meant to be doing. But um, just never forget to like, approach things with curiosity and, and be open because you, you never know. So I love a, that. Now, that's a really big one. It's true. Now, what were you doing before? Did you always want to go into PR? I actually, um, I majored in PR. I went to Boston University, mm-hmm. majored in PR, and I, I've always been in PR. So did I, did I grow up saying I want to be in PR? No, I, I genuinely didn't know what I wanted to do. Really? And then no. and then all of a sudden the PR. So how did you get introduced to the PR industry? Like, were you like the 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 girl in the neighborhood who was always promoting people? Or did you like, did you <laughs> like, how did it happen? <laughs> no, I, I, I went into communications and then it came mm-hmm. time to choose a major. And I, I, um, you know, I just I chose PR. I just wasn't sure. But Throughout, like growing up, I was always very entrepreneurial. I was always a little bit of a rebel. Like I wanted to do things my way. Mm. Um, so I think all of those um, those traits kind of go into uh, being a great entrepreneur. Yeah. Well, now let me ask you yeah. because we had a question one of my producers brought up, and it's like, how, how and if firms are suffering during COVID nineteen? Are firms, from your experience right now, suffering? Oh my God. I mean, I, the word suffering is a good, it's a good word. Um, you know, when the pandemic had, in addition to laying off employees, furloughing, um, some, some clients just like instantly, I'm telling you, like we came home, I don't know, around March 18th, within two days, clients were just eliminating PR, um, PR, social media, marketing. I mean, some did it because they, they really had no choice and some did it to save, to save money. But mm-hmm. um, either way, it, it deeply impacted most PR firms. I mean, we, several clients who I mentioned in the beginning, I mean, we are still working with um, mm-hmm. well, all the clients I mentioned, but some, some absolutely did not cut. Um, We've really been fortunate. I mean, I've been working hard on new business. We probably have brought on at least five new clients since since the pandemic hit. But we, you know, every day, it, it almost feels like the Wild West. You really never know <laughs> what's going to happen next. Yeah. So I have a no, lot of stories. That I don't think I could tell them. <laughs> no, but you know, but that you're it's like being a publicist you're like a priest you know you can only yeah. say so you have so much confidentiality with your clients which i love and respect you know just from my perspective of you know the book that i'm doing now with delmonico's it's like this started in december then we were supposed to go through with in march then it got mm-hmm. pushed now we're having a conversation are we going to push it to 
2021 or are we going to push it to 2022? You know, so it's like there's right. so many questions right. that so many people have. But what are some new so ways that you are coming up with as a publicist um, to help your clients during social during during the pandemic and with social distancing mm -hmm. and with social media? What are some ways that yeah. you're becoming creative in in turning your firm of 25 years into something during this pandemic? Yeah. I mean, no matter what, like people, they still need PR. So, you know, the yeah. dust has settled a little bit and people are just, you know, they're, it's been so hard to plan ahead, but people are really, they're trying very hard to, to do that now. Yeah. Um, you know, as soon as we started working from home, we quickly shifted all of our PR plans to focus in, on helping clients either gain quicker sales of the product or, um, get people in the door of their restaurant or tell the story of what they were doing to positively impact their communities during COVID. So mm. for example, Guy Fieri teamed with the national restaurant association to create a relief fund for restaurant workers. So yeah. we dropped everything else we were doing and we focused on telling that story. And by telling the for story, those who don't know. it helped for to those raise who don't more know. money. Yeah, yeah, for those who don't know, because, you know, we're all living our lives right now and people are focusing on what's important to them. But for those who don't know, I'm in the industry, so I get it. But what is exactly that guy was doing for those who don't know? Share the yeah. story. So, well, he developed this fund with with the um, National Restaurant Association. So restaurant workers who were out of work, they could apply for it and every single one would get $500. So mm -hmm. for us, by, you know, having him on TV and in print and all forms of, um, you know, media, he was able to spread the word, which resulted in raising more money for the fund. They raised over um, $25 million. So, for example, wow. we had him on various MSNBC shows, Fox, different CNBC shows, The Tonight Show. Will Smith has a YouTube show. Um, Extra, Tamron Hall, The Washington Post, Yahoo mm. Lifestyle. I mean, so all the outlets I just mentioned, they're all so different. Mm -hmm. So we, we were reaching such a wide range of viewers. Yeah. The commonality between all the networks is they help their viewers or they inspire or motivate their viewers. So to go to every platform is so important with something, you know, that guy was doing, because, again, the word suffering, you know, I think the the, the word that's going to be most Googled in, in 2020 is COVID-19 and social distancing. Mm -hmm. And I think the word suffering needs to be thrown in there because so many people are going through hell. And it's beautiful that when there is some, you know, when we're going through hell, we don't stop. And there's people like you, Rebecca Brooks, pushing people to be the light in the darkness. And I think that's really what PR does, too, in times of trouble right now is you're helping people shine in a dark time. So thank you, thank for, you. for doing that. There's you know, and people always. I, give, I told, yeah, there's one thing that I um, I've been telling my staff and my clients, so it's easy to say like, why is this happening to me? Of course. Um, and to kind of flip it and say, why is this happening for me? Yeah. So in crisis, there's opportunity. Just, yeah. Right. Crisis, but you right. Know, it's always easy right. to How give the celebrity. Each other? It's so true. And it's so easy to give the celebrity the standing ovation, but the team behind them to motivate them, you know, 
we sometimes forget about who those people are. And I think that's why it's important to, like you're saying, whoever you're going to have represent you, share the values, have them share the same values because together we rise. Rebecca, it's interesting um, because why is it important now more than ever, I think, to have to be represented by a PR team that believes in your work, even though people might not believe in your work in a moment like we're in? Oh, wow. Because, you know, in effect, we're, we're selling our clients. And if you don't believe in what you're selling, you can't do a good job. Yeah. Right. So it's just, it, it shines, it shines through and then you won't be motivated. And um, then ultimately it won't work out. Mm. You know, I, I send you so much love and light because I saw like I saw you on your Instagram page. What was it like going back into your office for the first time, but not really being able to operate out of it? Uh, it's I don't know. It's it's kind of heart heart wrenching. Um, yeah, it's heart wrenching. It's yeah. really tough. No, it is. You know, it's like I haven't been in New York since. Oh my gosh, since November. No, that's not true. Since February, I was there for my birthday. So what is the beat like in New York for those who haven't been? Oh, What was it like being oh. in New York that time that you went back to your office for the first time? Oh my God. It was, it felt like I was on a different planet that day. Um, you know, when it's my office, I did a few things that, you know, a few things I needed to do. And then I, I'm not far from um, Times Square. So I took a mm -hmm. walk two times square it was so quiet and so quiet in fact half the billboards were dark and i think that basically wow. that i mean there i believe there's like there's a little bit more action and and energy but it's it, it was it was really surreal yeah i i think you know i i hear from friends who are in new york and chefs who are in new york and just the the whole beat of new york right now it's like in an, it's like people can't understand what's happening. But again, I always go back to, you know, people like my grandfather, who these are similar. They're not similar times in the aspect of of a pandemic, but, you know, who had those struggles, who were suffering yeah. and who made it happen. And that's why I said, right. I wish you could have known my grandfather because he would have hired you in a minute. <laughs> And who knows? But it's interesting because who knows what the industry, you know, in the 20s, there weren't publicists for or in the 1930s right. for restaurants or restaurateurs. It was like, what are you talking about? You know, so it would have been interesting right. to I know it to have uh, to have someone who promote you in a time when people weren't promoting one another, I think would have been the trajectory of his business would have gone in a whole nother light. It would have been even more famous. But we're right. going to I have to get. I know I'm telling you, but I look forward to what are some projects you're working on now that you can tell us about that we can promote here on Max and Friends? Hmm. Um, you know what? We, we're still working with the, the clients that I mentioned. Um, Christy Teigen is working on a lot of new products for holiday, for example. Um, Andrew Zimmern, he is working on a new show that's going to be on the Magnolia Network. And Guy Fieri is getting ready to go back into production. So um, everyone's really just trying to, trying to do their thing, make, make good television, launch products, working on books. And everyone's kind of just taking slow steps. 
but there's hope. It's just getting back to a hundred percent. I'm I feel really optimistic. I mean, you know, people are opening restaurants, believe it or not. So I know. Well, you know what's good. weird about that is that, like, I you know, I've been in Florida more or less during this whole thing, and we've like never really quote unquote shut down or locked down. So it's been like a weird paradise here because I'm like we. I think the first the like going to restaurants was never really like not an option, you know, and it was super weird because people in New York are like, what do you mean you're going to a restaurant? <laughs> and yeah. I do remember the first yeah. time that I sat down in a restaurant, I experienced it in such a different way of the linens, like the silverware service, just having interaction mm-hmm. with you know wait staff and and with servers and with just the whole industry. And it was like oh my God, it was such a beautiful moment that I, I'll i never forget because I realized like how fortunate we are to experience dining. And I think what this whole thing is going to do is once we all start dining again, really appreciate the industry and think about tipping people. <laughs> I mean, exactly. We, we're tipping like double everywhere we go because we just feel for everyone who has had yeah. such a hard time in that, in that business. And we're still not dining indoors in, in New York, I know. New Jersey. So it's it's still very much um, not in sync yet. Not happening. Not, and, you know, Delmonico's <laughs> can't open really right now either because the city's giving issues or something about outdoor seating permits because it's a landmark building. So I just feel like it's a time where we all need to work together, rise together. And if you need help with getting your things out there and spreading the word, Rebecca Brooks, how can people find you? Ah, um, they can go to our website, which is brookspr.com and follow me on Instagram, which is brookette1 and absolutely great way to find me. And join the fun, right? And join (laughs) the fun. So before I let you go, what is it that you, what is a glimmer of hope or what is just something that you live by that you want our listeners to take with them into this week? Hmm. You know what? I think what I said before about why is this happening for me? I'm uh-huh. setting time, like really set aside time to think about that. What does it mean to you? What what can you do now that's going to make you really happy and follow your joy? Um, considering everything that's going on um, is really important and can inform you know what you do moving forward. I love it. And you know what I love about this is having you on the show because it's very rare that we get to have a publicist insider's view of the world, but it just felt right to do. And I'm grateful that you joined us here tonight on Max and Friends. Thank you. I I really appreciate it. And I always love chatting with you. Like we're going to have a good chat after the show because we have to, t- we got to catch up because it's been since November. <laughs> <laughs> the illusion of time, the illusion of time. But one thing that's not an illusion is that love is contagious. So we're going to play that here from Taja Seville. And when we're back, Taja is going to join us. Stay with us. Rebecca Brooks, again, thank you so much. Shine brighter than ever. And whenever you have anyone that you need to give a push or a boost in anything, send them our way and we'll continue to support you because you give us clients and you give us products and books that we all need to have in our lives to brighten up these, these dark moments. So thank you again for being on Max and Friends. Thank you, Max. Have a beautiful night. Bye. Bye. All right, everyone. Love is contagious on Max and Friends. And when we're back, Taja Seville is going to be here.
LA Talk Radio. This is Max and Friends. I'm your host, Max Tucci. That was Love is Contagious by one of my favorite people in the whole world, Taja Seville. Now, you all know Taja Seville as an author from the book, From the Root, a memoir of philosophy from balance in our world. She's also a recording artist and also the founder of Urban Farming. Now, the question I propose to you all tonight, my listeners, is if you could have one last lunch with anybody in the world, who would it be? It's a question that I love since Taja sent me that she was working on this new book um, with Erica Heller, the book One Last Lunch. Who would it be with? And really, now that we're in a time where we can't be with our family, our friends, our loved ones, or maybe your loved one has passed, who would that person be? Who would you have that one last lunch with? For me, for sure, if it was a collective group, Taja Seville would be there. So welcome back to Max and Friends, Taja. Thank you so much, Max. I appreciate it. How are you? You know what? I'm good. I'm not great, but I'm good. You know, going through what we're all going through and trying to just be in the moment and and just smile through the darkness. How are you? <laughs> well, you pretty much summed it up for me, too. That's, <laughs> I think you summed it Girl, up for most people. Look, <laughs> let's let's cut the formality bullshit. I have had my ups and downs. This roller coaster of COVID nineteen is a real motherfucker. But <laughs> what I do know is, it's people like you that in these dark moments I could look to, I could turn to, I could throw music on and think, you know what, love is contagious, and it's what we need more than ever. So that's where I I stand. Oh, no, <laughs> so thank sweet. you. For- well, I feel that way about you. You know, you're really uplifting. The things that you talk about on your show, you've always had a great demeanor, and I feel that way about you as well. And, you know, and I appreciate that you would like to have a last lunch with me. That's nice. <laughs> I, you know, we have a great friendship, and it's, I've gone back like, we've, I've known you since I'm like, I think like 18 or 19. So I've known you a yeah, long no, we, we time. We go back. Yeah, we well, go. We go. People are like, so how do you know Taja? I'm like, well, consciously creating back when I was a kid and watched the movie where she sang um, the, that one lyric um, <laughs> about the mother and there's a child. <laughs> um, she'll yeah. be somebody. And then I was like, who is that voice? And then I met you through Lisa. And then all of a sudden, like, we just like clicked. And then the next thing I know, we're like hanging out, having a good time, enjoying life. And then we're at like the Nile Rogers September 11th tribute. We are family. And I'm like, there are so many like memory. And then I dressed you for the Detroit is on fire tour. I'm like, damn, I've yeah. been through it. <laughs> yeah, we have. We really have. You know, we grew we've, up together. We've been, yeah, we've been watching each other just create and create and create. And, you know, this book that you that you brought up one last lunch, um, it's 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 compiled and it's by author Erica Heller. She's the daughter of Joseph Heller who wrote catch 22. And, um, she's just a a wonderful writer in her own right. And she compiled this, this book, which is, uh, um, really it's, it's the question of, uh, if you could have one last lunch with a loved one who has passed away, who would it be? And so there are several people who are close friends or family of various icons who have written their quote unquote last lunch with that particular icon. So there are lunches in this book with Jacqueline Kennedy Onassis, Steve Jobs, Robin Williams, David Bowie, you know, James Baldwin, Jimi Hendrix, um, and my lunch is with Prince. So I wrote my lunch with Prince. It's a really, really cool and sort of endearing um, 
lunch. And there's humor, social awareness, and of course, menu. Um, but what I want to talk about is, I mean, I know the story of you and Prince because you had a beautiful connection. And and for those who, like my niece, for the new ones, for the babies who don't know Taja Seville, tell us about your connection with Prince. Well, Prince gave me my first record deal. And um, I'm from Minneapolis, Minnesota, and um, which obviously is on the map right now uh, for a whole different reason. But um, Prince gave me my first record deal, and he was always all about unity. He was always all about love. Um, he had a charity called Love for One Another, uh, and I do a lot of speaking um, about his philanthropy and what he did for others, because many people obviously know him as a musician and and what he did in the music world, but um, lots of people don't really know the depth of how much he helped others around the world. So, um, and he also helped uh, Urban Farming, which is the organization that I started. But I recorded two CDs um, with Paisley Park on his, when Paisley Park just was getting started, he signed me shortly thereafter. And, um, we, you know, we had a lifelong friendship. Um, mm. so I, you know, I taught in the lunch, I, I, t I sort of, it's sort of a conglomerate of various moments that I've had with him and conversations and things that span, as you mentioned, humor, but also sort of um, social consciousness and what can be done to help the world. And um, we and can't give course, it all up. Y'all got to buy the book. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Don't give it all up. It's everywhere right now. It's called One it Last is. Lunch. It's a great book. One Last and it's Lunch. Not, I mean, there's so many cool lunches like Richard Lewis, the comedian and actor, I mean, also author, but you know him from, uh, from Curb Your Enthusiasm. He wrote one with Jonathan Winters, who, who was a close friend of his. So that lunch is hilarious. And they're just great lunches. And Erica wrote two lunches with her father, who again wrote, he, you know, he's an author, Joseph Heller, who wrote Catch-22. So it's just a, an amazing book, a treasure trove, a very, very sort of an interesting time to put a book out like this. You touched it's on it. When you, you it's the yeah. perfect time. Because, you know, when you first sent me that you were working on this project, right away I was thinking, okay, who could I have one last lunch with? And, you know, obviously growing up in the restaurant industry, it's like, okay, who would I then have one last dinner with? And it was so right. difficult just to pick one person. And it was like, okay, well, now we can't have lunch or dinner with anybody because of social distancing and restaurants yeah. aren't open. Restaurants are unfortunately closing. Yeah. So where would I want that to be? So it really became like the fantasy lunch or the fantasy dinner that I wanted to create now. So, I, you know, there's this journey with this book. It helps us paint that fantasy. It helps that conscious creation or our daydream, you know, become a little bit real through people that we admire. So I will tell you yeah. all this. I'm not going to talk about the book anymore because there's so much more to talk about. I want you to buy the book One Last Lunch. Taj is in it. The lunch takes place in the Beverly Hills Hotel with her and her close friend, Prince. Buy the book right now, wherever you love buying your books from. Go get it. Love it. Tweet about it, Instagram about it, post it. Tell us why you loved it at Max Tucci. How can people find you, Taja? Uh, TajaSavelle.com. And on Instagram? On Instagram. You can find everything on, on Taja Savelle. Just click right on Perfect. everything. Yeah. What I want people to find, too, because this is a passion of yours. And, you know, when we talked about Rebecca Brooks was my guest tonight. She's a great publicist in New York right before you came on. And in Rebecca's email when she sends it out, there's like the most fantastic quote that says 
working hard for something we don't care about is called stress. Working hard for something we love is called passion. And I know urban farming is a passion of yours. I remember when you first called me to tell me about it. So tell us about urban farming and where it stands today and what help you need now during COVID-19. Okay, great. Thank you. Well, urban. I started urban farming in 2005. I had been recording a CD for Sony Records in Detroit, Michigan, and slowly became acquainted with the job loss and poverty at that time um, and the vast amounts of unused land within that city. So I, I put my music career on the back burner, and with three community gardens of free food, I started urban farming. People could just walk on the gardens 24-7, whether they worked on them or not, and pick food. That grew from those three gardens in 2005 to now we have over 65,000 gardens around the world that are all a part of the urban farming global food chain. And we've now moved into the model within the last five years of really, uh, rather than installing hundreds of gardens all around the country, which is what we were doing, community gardens, um, we now provide gardening resources, plants, seeds, uh, different things and tools and books and educational um, uh, uh you know, handouts that people need to be able to start their own gardens. So this year, in uh, so we've been doing that through, through our, our urban farming free plant giveaways. Um, but this year, obviously, we had to make some changes with how we even did our urban farming free plant giveaways. So we're doing door-to-door distribution along with a place called Home in Los Angeles, for instance, um, mm-hmm. where we will actually this Friday – Um, be handing out 3,600 vegetable plants, um, seeds, books, gardening resources, I mean, just all kinds of things. So far, we've helped 700 families this year with 2,200 packs of seeds, um, the 3,600 plants that we're we're about to to hand out door-to-door. We have uh, gardening resources that are in conjunction with a curriculum, a class that a place called home in Los Angeles is conducting for families in that area. So, um, you know, it's a tough time for people, as we know, um, food security is really important. Um, Hold on. Define. That's a beautiful. I love that. Define food security and what that means for those who don't understand it. Okay, so, you know, before COVID, we, you know, we had food deserts all around really the country and the world where people either, first of all, they, they, they live in what is called food insecurity, which means they don't know how or where their next meal is coming from, how they're going to get their next meal. Um, and many, many people uh, who, lived in, who live in chronic impoverished conditions do not have even a grocery store nearby. And even if they did, lots of times they can't get there. So uh, the food deserts have been a problem in chronically impoverished areas. But now, you know, we, we have, as you've seen in the news, just blocks and blocks of lines of people going to the food bank. So creating food security for people, empowering them to grow their own food, teaching them how to can and freeze their food through the winter. Um, you shift the paradigm. You yes, totally are exactly. shifting the paradigm. Yeah. Exactly. Well, well let me ask you. Urban, the mission of urban farming is to create an abundance of food for all in our generation. 
And there is an abundance of food. You are the definition of when you know better, you do better. I mean, really, that's like the mission of how I see this, because when we know better, we do better. And we can no longer say, well, we didn't know. So for people who are feeling compelled to donate, how can we get them involved, Taja? Well, first of all, if you're compelled to donate, I just want to thank you in advance because we really need the donations. Um, and urbanfarming.org is the place to go. So it's just urbanfarming.org, U-R-B-A-N-F-A-R-M-I-N-G dot O-R-G, urbanfarming.org. Uh, and th- again, thank you because we need it. And the more, you know, we can't, we can't help others if we don't have donations. So we want to help 500 more families. We're trying to raise another $20,000 right now so that we can get some serious abundant food kit, you know, gardening kits out to people. Um, and also particularly people who are going to suffer hard during the winter months. Mm. Yeah. Taja, you know, it breaks my heart to even think about those months coming, you know, and how people have to, you know, figure out what to do and how to really make, you know, something that so many people have a luxury, really, it's a necessity. So here's what I'm going to do. I always say that, you know, we have to be the change we want to see. I just donated you $500 to Urban Farming. I hope that everyone else has the, um, you know, the inspiration to do the same. Um, uh, no, you know, we have you. to be the change we want to see, you know, and there's so many That's charities true. out there, you know, and um, I just want to be a part of this because I believe in you. I love you. I trust you. I know that what you're doing is, you know, being a change in our community. And what it's doing is it's a longevity. It's not just a temporary change. What you're doing is you're making like <laughs> you're turning it around late in the midnight hour. <laughs> And so your legacy, you know, I love that the legacy of music is what comforts the soul is also what food is, you know, so it's like goes hand in hand, music and food. So thank you for being you. And, you know, I want to be I I don't want to just talk about it. You know what I'm saying? I want to be about it. And so I love you. and I hope that helps. Thank you. Yeah, it helps a lot. And I appreciate that so much. I know urban farming really appreciates it. One of the other things that we're doing is is sending funding to existing community gardeners to help them keep going. Um, so it's this door to door to the families right now is really critical, but I just wanted to say that that is another thing that we do is help community gardens. And um, so thank you. I appreciate that. And we will keep you posted on where that money goes and how many people it helped. So, you know, we appreciate it. So now we're, it's 19,500. <laughs> we're, we're closer to our goal. Thank you. I mean, that's, that's beautiful. Yeah, it's beautiful, Max. Pleasure. You have a great heart. Great heart. Thank well, you. And so before we run, let's talk about, Ronan, just give me like one more minute because with Taja, there's always so much to talk about. Let's talk about your book real quick, From the Root, a memoir and philosophy for balance in our world. And where can people get it? So people can get that book online on Amazon. And I, I love, you know, the book is really close to my heart. Um, it's all about balancing our world. It's all about healing our world from the root. Um, we have, this is the, you know, I know that we're in a time that's tough and I, and I've had my ups and downs over the last months as well. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, but 
you know, we are a world where all of us have gifts and talents and we need to tap into them because that is how we're going to take ourselves to the next level. We already have the resources and the know-how to have clean energy, to have clean food, to have an abundance, abundance of food for all in our generation. We already know how to do it. We know how to bring our planet into balance, our, our relationships into balance. One of the things that I just want to say quickly about the book From the Root, a memoir and a philosophy for balance in our world, is there are many different things. I talk about healthy thinking, healthy communication, all, all the way down the line, various healthy principles. But right now, healthy communication is the one that I'm, I'm just, I mean, aside from healthy eating and fitness to keep your immune system up for whatever you know we have ahead of us, Healthy communication is critical for our planet right now and learning the, the tools of healthy communication. So you can check out more about that in, in the book. And I'm writing a new book. Uh, the new book is, is called The High Road. And uh, give me a minute on that. But I'm working on that. and I'm working on my next CD as well. I love it. Now, how can people follow Urban Farming? Uh, really go to urbanfarming.org. Um, it's got all the different social media platforms, obviously, that, that Urban Farming is on, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Um, there are plenty of YouTube videos. We're beefing up our, our library of educational resources to teach people how to save their own seeds because there was mm -hmm. a run on seeds earlier this year. Yeah. When we were trying to get seeds out to families. It was hard to get the seeds. So uh, learning how to save your own seeds, learning how to can, learning how to garden, learning how to freeze the food um, empowers people so they, they move out of the dependency mode and really have control over their own food supply. Beautiful. All right. Well, we got to wrap this up, but go to Urban Farming and be a part of the Urban Farming Global Food Chain because it's more than yeah. a gardening organization. Taja, yeah. you know, I had you on the show because I love you. I have... I don't, you know, I do this out of love. So people, this is, Taja did not pay me to come here to talk about urban farming. I'm doing it because I love Taja. I love her. I love all that she does. And I want you to be a part of it too. I'm going to post on my Instagram how to do it. So follow me at Max Tucci. And I'm not doing it to boast. I'm doing it to encourage you because if you see it in your face, then maybe you'll want to be part of that change. Taja, what do you want people to take with them into this week? Uh, you know, I, first of all, I love you too, Max. And so love will be the theme. We, I know you brought it in with love is contagious, but this, it sounds namby pamby, but we really need it. So healthy communication, Let, let's learn how to lovingly connect with each other and drop all of these, you know, sort of mean things that we're saying to each other and, and, and connect, connect on a human level. So let's do that this week. Let's just do that. Push, push. <laughs> Uh-huh. Let's push, push. And you know what? I'm going to tell you all what Winnie the Pooh said. If you live to be 100, I want to live to be 100 minus one day. So I've never lived to live without you. I love you all for tuning in. I love you all for being a part of Max and Friends. And remember this, you always gain by giving love. So like Jessica says on The Polish Woman every Monday, the show that I produce here on Max and Friends at one on LA Talk Radio, give love to the next person you see. But before you give love to the next person you see, this is the message I want for all of you. Please give love to yourself. Love yourself yes. more than ever. I see you. I hear you. I love you. You matter. And if you're going through hell, don't stop. If you can't give yourself a hug or if you can't tell yourself I love you, know that I'm here for you. I hug you. I love you. And I will 
I will just continue to be that person that loves you all. So until then, I've got to wrap this up. That's why I'm stumbling on my words. Taja, love you. I got to wrap. Until next time, everyone, take life to the max. Good night and good karma. This is Max Succi for Max and Friends.